That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. We also talk about drugs, alcohol, recovery, some other random stuff. Um, we like to have some fun in the process because what's the point of being sober if you can't have fun? If you're new to the show, we want to welcome you. Uh, keep uh, listening. Keep coming back. As they say in the rooms. Uh, speaking of the rooms, I want to point out we are not NOT capitalized, affiliated, nor do we represent any particular 12-step group or program. Now, we're going to talk about being at ease today. And the quote of today's title comes from Noah Levine in one of my favorite guided meditations uh, called Ease With Everything. Uh, We're also going to read a few emails at the end of today's show. Uh, Before we do that, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram at realthatsoberguy and on Twitter at Shane Raymer. Now, finding the right treatment for addiction and mental health illness can be tough. That's why That Sober Guy has continued to partner with Foundation's Recovery Network. Foundation stays true to their mission. They hold high ethical standards and provide treatment in their nationwide network of residential and outpatient programs. Foundation has individualized treatment plans, and they're focused on creating lifetime relationships for long-term recovery. And as part of this vision, they've built the industry's leading research and outcomes program to fulfill each commitment for each patient, their loved ones, and help meet their personal goals. Uh, You're going to be taken care of with Foundations Recovery uh, Network, and that's why we continue to partner with them. So to learn more, you can go to foundationshelp.com slash soberguy. That's foundationshelp.com slash soberguy. Or you can call 833-81-SOBER. That's 833-81-SOBER. You can talk with an admissions coordinator, uh, answer any questions you might have, uh, and look into some treatment options. One of the best ways you can help support us is by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, If the show's helped you, if it's helped a loved one, if you just enjoy it, uh, go on to iTunes, leave us a review. Uh, We love that, and we occasionally read them on the show, so we appreciate it. Uh, Now, we're going to be at the Innovations in Recovery Conference podcasting live April 16th through the 19th in San Diego. Um, Man, we have some great guests. That's this next uh, week, if you're listening to this on, on the 12th as this goes live of April. We got Kathy Frossard coming on. Uh, She's been in the healthcare industry for over 30 years. She's got a ton of insight uh, to share with us. We got Erica Spiegelman. Uh, She's an author, addiction and wellness specialist, uh, as well as a motivational speaker. She wrote Rewired um, with more of a holistic approach uh, to recovery. So she's going to be talking with us out there. We got Dr. Louise Stanger. We're going to talk about teen vaping, uh, CBD and marijuana in the treatment industry. We have Elisa Saunders. Uh, She's a foundation's business development rep to give some insight into industry. Um, Man, we also have Harry Nelson coming on. Uh, Harry uh, has written a couple books, and he was actually on last year's uh, podcast when we were at Innovations. Uh, And he's got a new book out called The United States of Opioids, A Prescription for Liberating a Nation in Pain. Uh, So we're going to talk about that, talk about his book. Uh, He's also speaking at the conference, so we'll get into a little bit um, about what to do about the opioid epidemic from Harry's perspective. Um, We're also going to be talking to my good friend, Jaina, Jaina Woodbury from Anchored Tides Recovery. 
you may remember her formerly from the Chadwick House. Uh, she's been on the show a couple times. She's going to be back. Uh, and then we have Katie Myers. She's the CEO of Talbot Recovery. Uh, she has her own great story of recovery and now works in the treatment field to help others. So she, uh, she's going to share a little bit about personal experience and then about what's going on over at Talbot Recovery. I believe they're out in Atlanta. Uh, and then Mark Lundholm's going to be there. He's doing a comedy show. Um, uh, let's see, Thursday night, I think. And uh, uh, I get the uh, honor to actually introduce him and uh, uh, before he comes on that night, uh, which is going to be great. So uh, I, I believe he's going to do the podcast. That's still yet to be seen. I don't have it scheduled in yet, but uh, hoping to catch him out at the conference as well for the podcast. Uh, now, if you yourself want more information about Foundation's events, whether it's Innovations in Recovery or Moments of Change, uh, which is their Florida conference, I think in September, October, uh, if you're in the industry or you're in recovery and you just you, you want to learn more about it, you can go to foundationsevents.com uh, and, and has more information there. You can check out the dates. You can see what uh, the, the agenda is, what speakers are there, all that good stuff. Uh, so I mentioned Mark Lundholm real quick. I wanted to share a quick story about this. I mentioned, too, that, I, that I'm going to be introducing him at the uh, show that night. Now, if we, if we flash back uh, to uh, uh, September, I don't know, let's see, I, I, I went into treatment September 11th, so this was probably September 13th or 14th, a couple days into treatment. I was in Sebastopol, California. I was laying naked on the bathroom floor, curled up in a ball, crying out to God like a baby, asking him, how the hell did I get here? What did I do, God? How could this happen to me? I'm not supposed to be here as I sat in a, a, a treatment facility for the first time in my life, you know, the cat's out of the bag. Um, I, it's obvious, you know, now to me, I have a problem. I've had a problem and I'm, I'm trying to get the help that I need, but I have no clue what's going on. I'm confused. Um, I'm emotional. I'm trying to kind of detox and let these chemicals, you know, I've been sober for a couple of days. These chemicals need to come out of my body and a lot going on in that moment, right? Later that night, as I finally collected myself, showered up, um, you know, got ready for bed, I, I settled back into the detox room. Uh, and if you don't know what the detox room is, uh, when you first go into treatment, at least for me, the way that they did it when I was in there, was uh, I went into a room and there was, I think, four or five other other guys in there uh, that are in this detox room. And you usually stay in there for anywhere from, you know, three to seven days uh, while you go through detox. Some people come in uh, highly intoxicated and they need to thaw out, I guess is one way you could put it, uh, before they start working a program, before they start, you know, going through um, some of the treatment. And so I'm laying in the detox room and uh, I can't remember if it was a counselor or if it was one of the guys who had already been in there, but um, someone said, we're going to be having a recovery comedian come in tomorrow uh, to work with us. Uh, and I said, you know, comedian, like recovery comedian. I, I said, I, I mean, I don't know what the hell that is, um, but I guess it sounds cool. Maybe I'll, you know, have, maybe we'll have some fun a little bit. And the counselor said, yeah, I mean, his name's Mark Lundholm. And he's amazing, great dude, you, you know, it's, it's going to be a great day. And I said, okay, so awesome. You know, I ended up going to, you know, going to sleep and man, I had some weird dreams in detox too. That's a whole nother story. Maybe we'll share some of those one day. But, um, the next day I sat there 
as Mark came in and he worked through each and every person in that room. And he shared a little bit about his own story um, and, and a, a brief, a, a very brief description from what I, what I remember at the end of Mark's story, he ended up in a bus stop in Northern California, uh, in Oakland, actually. Uh, yeah. Oh, the city of Oakland, uh, California, he was sitting in a bus stop, um, and he put a loaded gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger and the gun jammed. Uh, and in that moment he had a second chance. And so he, he shares that story and, and there's much more to the story, of course. And I could, um, you know, I'm not going to dive into the details cause I don't quite remember all of it. Uh, but after he shares his own personal story, he goes into, to work in the room and working with everybody in the room about what it is that's, you know, on their mind, how are they feeling? Um, and it's, it's really an amazing thing. And, you know, about halfway through, I had a very, very profound spiritual moment and, and, you know, God, something spoke to me in that moment and says, you're here because you're going to do what he does. And I know that's kind of, I don't even like saying that because I feel like it's, um, I'm not, I'm, I don't even know what the word is. It's not arrogance. Uh, I can't think of the, the correct word of what I'm saying, but or what I'm trying to say, uh, it didn't mean that I thought I was going to be like Mark Lundholm or that I equate to Mark Lundholm or that I'm a comedian or that I'm funny, anything like that. I, in fact, I didn't really know what it meant at the time, but what I did know is that right after that, something also said to me, like, soak this shit in and you're here. You, you need to go all in right now and learn everything you can about this, you know, this, um, uh, alcoholism, addiction, yourself, who you are as a man, as a person, um, you know, and, and you need to just jump in and go for it. And so that's, that's kind of what I did. And I really did soak everything. And I was, I was hungry, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, now when I look back at that moment now, I understand it. And to me, it just meant, you know, when I heard that thing that said, you're going to do what he does, it didn't mean I was going to be a comedian or anything um, you know, similar to that, anything, it just meant that there was an opportunity for me to play a small part in being of service to the recovery community. When I look back now, um, at least that's what I think it means. I don't know. Do I know a hundred percent that, you know, I know the feeling that I felt in that moment and it was very, very powerful. And I get to do that today. And it happens to be through a podcast and through working a program and connecting with people. And it's, it really is, uh, amazing. Um, and when Mark finished up his work, uh, you know, for that day, it was, it's an all day thing. And, and trust me, there was plenty of laughs. There was plenty of tears. Um, and, and there was some good times and there was some sad times too. in there as, as, as we talk as a group, but that moment was really, um, a great source of inspiration for me. And I hadn't experienced that in a long, long time. Uh, and, and Mark did help inspire me. He actually came on the podcast. If you go back to episode, I want to say it's 11. I had Mark Lundholm on, and I think I may have talked about this in a prior episode. So please excuse me. I forget sometimes, man. I talk about this shit so much, not, not just this particular moment, but just recovery in general. Um, you know, it's hard for me to keep track, but you know, I remember sitting in my truck. I had a little single Chevy S 10 single cab Chevy S 10 at the time. 
and I was trying to start this podcast and I was hungry and I was having fun doing it. And I'd reached out to Mark and he said, oh yeah, sure, man, I'll do the podcast. And I sat on my phone. I hooked my little recorder up uh, to my phone and I sat in the, the cab of my truck in Napa on my lunch break. You know, I was working out of the customer service office at the time. And uh, I, I had a conversation with Mark and we put it on the podcast on, on episode uh, 11, I think. Um, and it was, it, I mean, even that alone was inspiration to help keep going on this. So when Carly from Foundations, who's awesome, by the way, uh, one of my main points of contact uh, through all the last few years that we've been working with them, um, asked me, hey, would, do you know this guy, Mark Lundholm? He's a comedian. And uh, would you like to introduce him? I went, are you kidding me? Awesome to see that come full circle. Uh, so I'm definitely excited about that. And, uh, like I said, hopefully Mark's going to come back on the podcast. And I just wanted to share that, uh, you know, what's your moment, what's that moment for you when you've heard something and you have a decision to make, and it might not make sense to you in that moment. Um, one of the, one of the greatest things I think that we, that we have, and it's up to us to do this is to be able to recognize that moment. Do we brush it off? And do we say like, Oh no, I'm not good enough for that. I can't do that. I don't, I don't know. That's, that seems dumb or that doesn't make sense. Um, you know, and trust me, I've done that plenty of times too. Or do we take that moment when something speaks to us and, and tells us something that might not make sense or seems crazy and go, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to, I'm going to accept it and I'm going to dive in and go for it. You know, what's that moment for you? Have you had that moment yet? Uh, and if you haven't, be on the lookout for it because I guarantee you it's coming. Okay, I guarantee you it's coming because it, it, it there's something that speaks to us. There's something higher and very, very, very much more powerful than than what we're going through in this reality here on, on earth um, or in this reality that we're living in every day. And I'm a firm, firm believer of that because I've experienced it and I continue to experience it by practicing and doing doing the work. Uh, now, one more quick thing. I get a lot of questions about early sobriety. What do I do? Where do I go? What don't I do? How do I stay sober? That's a big one. I don't have all the answers. Uh, so me and some of my friends and colleagues, we created a podcast video course. It's called how to navigate the first 90 days of sobriety. Uh, you can get the course right now by going to that You can click on courses. Uh, we also give the course away for free to all veterans. So if you're a veteran, you're struggling out there, or you know, somebody who's a veteran and struggling trying to stay sober, trying to get some help. Um, you can contact me at real, that sober guy on Instagram at Shane Raymer on Twitter. And uh, I can, I can help get you a promo code and you can get that course for free there. Um, all right. So one thing I want to mention first and foremost, uh, with regard, uh, to a good friend of ours that we lost this week. Um, our dear friend, Kim, she fought cancer with grit and with guts for years. Uh, and earlier this week, she went on to be in a better place. Uh, man, I mean, she was one of the most free spirited people that I ever had the pleasure of knowing. She was full of life. She was full of hope. Uh, and she was definitely full of love. Uh, she loved her family like no other, uh, as, as did they love her like no other. Her, her husband, Jay, uh, who's a, a good friend of mine. Um, and her son, Seth and Aaron, uh, her daughter-in-law, Mel, along with many other extended family and friends. Um, you know, those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, you know, Seth, Seth's been on the show, uh, many times. Um, he put out some podcasts, um, you know, uh, with different guests. And he also had the pleasure of, of doing a podcast with his mom, Kim. That's episode 212. It's titled my two drunk sons with Kim Huerta. 
And uh, Kim, man, just what a beautiful person. Um, what a great woman, a great mother, a great friend, a great wife. Uh, you know, her and Jay spent a lot of time together in this last, uh, you know, in this last couple of years. Um, and, uh, you know, they live life to the fullest and Kim lived life to the fullest. That is for damn sure. Um, I'm going to keep this short and sweet here too, but I just want to, I just wanted to, um, to recognize something and, and really honor Kim too. And, and in two weeks ago when she went, you know, into the hospital, um, you know, I had a chance to visit with her and, 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 and Jay and Seth and Mel and, and my mom, um, Jess had went, I think earlier in the day or the day before, you know, and, uh, there was something that she said that really stuck out to me. And, um, I can't remember verbatim what it was or what it is, but it's really relevant to, to today's, um, title of the podcast too, being at ease with myself, just as I am. Um, it's kind of part of the point why, why I, why I titled that today, but she said, um, you know, enjoy, enjoy the time because this life is so short. Um, and, and we're here to love one another. We're here to spend time with one another and that's it. Um, and like I said, I don't remember verbatim exactly how she said it, but it was similar. It was similar to that. And I knew right in that moment when she said that, that, you know, that just speaks volumes about, um, and, and truth more or less to what she said, like this life is so short and I don't, I don't want to get us on a down note here, but I think this is, this is really true because we have to look at the opportunity and stuff, right? That's one thing that we're constantly training to do. At least I am myself trying to find the opportunity, trying to find the positive in some of the things in life that are impermanent, that change, that we don't have control over and that um, are really hard. They're really tough to deal with. You know, and so how, how do we kind of do that? And, you know, I feel like that's what Kim was saying. Like we need to, we need to live, we need to love, we need to be, be happy because it is short and we got to love the ones we're with, spend the time, you know, take the time to spend that time with them. And that's, what's most important. That is what's most important at the end of the day. All the other shit does not matter. Yeah, it might matter in the moment. We got we have responsibilities, we have bills to pay, we have jobs to to do, and all of that stuff. I get it. You know, I get it. That's the everyday stuff. But at the end of the day, when we lay our head down on our pillow, can we truly say, like, damn, like I really took some time today to love on those that I love or to receive love from those that love me? Like that's the most important thing. And we gotta stay. Uh, focused on that. So I, you know, I don't know for me, I've been thinking about a lot about how I can do this better just to, just to even honor Kim and to honor myself and honor our family and our friends each day. What can I do? Can I, should I put a little note up, you know, um, just saying, maybe it just says love that day. Maybe it just says, um, you know, enjoy the day. I don't know something, but I'm working on that and I'm going to figure something else out because it's hard to remember that stuff when we get lost in the grind and the shuffle of things. Um, you know, as life goes on, you know, as life goes on. And I think that's one of the hardest things when, when we lose someone that we love, you know, it's, it's the fact that life does go on and, and things keep moving. And it's like, man, how do you deal with that? Like this, I just lost this person. We went through this with Jess's uh, Nani last year. You know, we just lose this person that we love, but yet like life keeps going and, and, and it's, it's crazy and it's a lot, you know, it's a lot to deal with. And, and so, you know, in, in honor 
of of keeping that in perspective um you know man love tell tell the, your people that you love them today like tell your kids you love them tell your mom you love them tell your dad you love them tell your family your friends uh and then you know I think first and foremost, too, before we can love other people, we got to love ourselves, And that's what brings us back to being at ease with myself, just as I am. How do I do that? I put in the work. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry to learn. I'm hungry to uh, learn about myself. How can I be a better human being? Um, there was a couple verses that I wanted to read real quick, too, um, that, that came to light Um you know, with, uh, with Kim's passing this week for me. And the first one, uh, there's two of them. One comes out of the Dade Ching. And I think I read this at the end of last week's show, but I wanted to read it again. Um, just because I think it's, I think it's great. Uh, and it really speaks to this. And then the other one is out of Ecclesiastes. Um, and, and let's read that one first. This is Ecclesiastes one fourteen. It says, I've seen all the things that are done under the sun and all of them are meaningless chasing after the wind. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless a chasing after the wind. And I, I, I picked that verse out because I think it's, it's exactly what Kim was talking about. The last time I saw her was life is short. Um, you know, and, and everything we do here that we think is so fucking important, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really mean shit. The most means spending that time. We can't get that time back. That time is so valuable. We can make more money. We can get a different car. We can, you know, get a new house if we need to move to somewhere else if we have to. But that time, we can't get that back. So we really got to enjoy that, not chasing the wind after shit that is not uh, um, in our interest. Uh, the other one comes from the Dao De Ching and Buddy is actually the one who sent me this. And I thought this was great, too. Um, the highest good is not to seek to do good, but to allow yourself to become it. That's the Tao Te Ching, verse 37. The highest good is not to seek to do good, but to allow yourself to become it. And I thought that was a really um, a really suitable uh, sentence or verse or uh, saying, whatever you want to put it as, with, with respect to Kim. Because Kim was. She was just good. She allowed herself to become good. She didn't go out and try to do things to, you know, get honor, get uh, people to... Um, honor her. And that wasn't what she was about. She was good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's, that's a really uh, hard thing to do. I think a lot of the time, a lot of us put, I mean, I've been guilty of it before trying to push to do good things. So I feel good about myself or, you know, so I can, uh, what's that expectation? What am I going to get out of this? I lived like that a long time, especially before I got sober. Like I'm going to do this good deed. I'm going to do this thing either. So I can tell people I did a good deed or because I'm expecting something out of it. That's not what it's about. And when we allow ourselves, if we can allow ourselves just to become good, that's a pure soul to me right there. And I really feel like Kim was a great example of that. Uh, so, man, um, I, just a quick message to Seth and, um, and, and Jay and, and Mel and the family. Uh, man, we love you guys, Jess and I, and we support you. Um, you know, if you guys are interested in listening to episode 212 uh, with Kim, uh, she was a great woman. Uh, Seth and her had a great conversation. Go back and check that out. I'd encourage you to do so. Uh, so how do I be at ease with myself just as I am, just as uh, this day is in the moment, right? That's, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, and, and that's why it's a practice, okay? That's why I'm asking the question. I'm not asking the question because I have all the answers. I'm asking the question because I want us to think about it. 
I also want to put a disclaimer in there real quick before I go any further. I'm not claiming to be a meditation expert um, with Buddhist principles or, or Tao Te Ching principles or biblical principles. Uh, I'm not claiming to be an expert in anything like that. I'm strictly sharing my own personal thoughts, my experience uh, with regard to some of the readings and teachings that I've came across, okay? Uh, I'm a straight amateur at this shit and I'm hungry to learn more uh, every day. So um, I'm not trying to be a teacher. I'm not trying to 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 be a guru or sound like I have all the answers to the shit. And I just really wanted to point that out first and foremost before I went any further. I think it's important to do that. Um, so the attachments in life, right? People, places, uh, good times, uh, finances, right? When, when things are going good is kind of what I'm getting at. What is our attitude like in that? Man, everything's great. Everything's going good. It's rolling along. Shit's falling into place. Um, we get attached to those um, or to that that time, that chapter in our lives when everything is going going good. Everything's rolling smooth, man. Smooth sailing. I'm sure you, you could come up with any uh, sort of analogy for that. Going with the flow. Um, what happens when that stuff changes? What happens when we experience loss or uh, we, we change a job or we lose a job or um, any number of things? We lose a relationship. Our finances go in the tank or, or, or maybe we're not making as much as we used to and we're, we're struggling to pay the bills. Let me tell you, I've been in every single one of those things that, um, that I just mentioned and I guarantee you there's more to come of that for me in my own personal experience. Any number of one of those, I don't know what it could be at any time. So how do I kind of prepare for that? Um, how do I, how do I um, be at ease even with knowing that? Let me, let me kind of touch on the prepare thing first. I don't know that you are ever 100% prepared for any of that stuff. Now, I can do the best job that I can do to try to prepare for it. But until you're in that moment and you're going through it, you don't, you don't know. And it's almost, it's almost hard to uh, or almost impossible, I think, to even try to guess or try to act like you know someone might know in that moment. Even if you've experienced it before, yeah, sure, you can go back and you can reflect from a place of I've been there. You know, we did go through that. Uh, here's kind of what I did. Absolutely, but the emotional experience only happens, and you can only wrap your whole uh, head around that and feel it when you're actually going through it. So it's constantly changing. Um, it's, you know, life in general, it's constantly impermanent, you know, and I'm not a fan of that. A lot of the time, I'm sure a lot of you out there listening right now probably aren't a fan of that either. Like what you, you mean? Like I, everything was going the way that I wanted it to go. And now, you know, the carpet was just pulled right out from under me or now, you know, this change comes and it's super unexpected and I don't know how to deal with it. Um, how do we do that? You know, how do we kind of navigate through that shit? And it is, it is a tough thing. It is a tough thing. And it takes time. Um, in my experience, it's, it's taken a lot of time. Um, it's taken a lot of practice. Uh, it's taken falling down many times and getting back up and saying, fuck that. I'm not going to stay down. Like you're not going to keep me down. And, and don't get me wrong. I've been down, um, many times where I didn't think I was going to get back up or nor did I want to get back up or it took me some time to get back up and brush myself off and, and keep going. 
uh, you know, in those some of those valleys or those trenches that we kind of trudge or dr- what's the word drudge strudge slug. I don't know what the fuck the word is, whatever, but we kind of try to go through those and dude, they're deep and they're hard and uh, they're tough sometimes, but it's like, how do we enter out of that? Because if we keep going, eventually we will get out of it. We will get through that. And when I was kind of looking over some of this and thinking about everything that's gone on this week, the word acceptance kept coming back to me. Acceptance comes in. You know, how do I accept where I'm at right now in this moment, being at ease with myself just as I am in this moment? Like, how do I accept that? Um, you know, and, and depending on the severity of the issue, we're all going through different things right now, right? Some, some things we might be able to look at and go, yeah, it's, it's an issue, but it's really not that big of a deal all the way to the other spectrum of, of losing somebody that you love dearly, you know, of like, how do I accept that? Um, you know, and, and the only thing I kept coming back to with acceptance too, was the fact of acceptance takes time. It takes work. It takes patience. It takes, um, you know, letting things come as they will and being okay with, with feeling and being okay with accepting the fact that, um, this is how it is now. Um, some deep shit, man. I'm tripping myself out right now. Just even, even kind of trying to talk about it and wrap my brain around it. And at the same time, you know, keeping some sort of respect to those of you out there listening right now who, who may be going through something that is serious. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's something that, uh, practice keeps coming up too. It's like those days when we just want to give up and say like, what the fuck is it all for anyways? Like, why, why am I here? Why am I going through this? Why am I, experiencing this right now? Like, why did this happen to me? Um, you know, those are the days when the case of the fuckets can pop up really, really easy. And, uh, I'm going to share a little story and it's, it's God, please. Like it's, it's a very minor story. It's not a huge problem, a huge issue, uh, in just a bit here about, you know, just being at ease with myself at the gym the other day. And I know that's a very high level example, but it's something that happened this week. And, and I think it's similar to, to what we're talking about. Um, you know, but when I kept saying acceptance too, before I get to that, um, you know, something else came up and it was like with this attitude, um, of acceptance, I have found some resistance in that, in, in trying to resist accepting it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And that is when it can lead me to anger, to frustration, to resentment, um, you know, and, and according to a lot of the work and conversations we've had, that's what leads back to drinking is a lot of that stuff. So I have to look out for this. I have to look out for that resistance to stuff. Like when I feel resistance coming on about, let's just take like a, um, let's take going to a meeting. For example, when I'm feeling resistance, like I I know that I, um, or I say that I should go to a meeting. I should meet with my sponsor, call my sponsor. I should go, uh, to, you know, to, to meet with even a homie or something. If you got a mentor or just a friend you're meeting with and you're talking and, and you don't feel like doing it. And this can go for anything too. the gym work, whatever. You don't feel like doing something that's resistance right there. And most of the time I know that when I'm feeling that resistance, 
um, I probably need to go and do what I'm supposed to do. Because what happens when I, when I give in to the resistance and I don't do it, I usually feel like shit afterwards. And then that's when the anger creeps in, the resentment. You're not good enough. You fucked up again. You should have went. You didn't go. Just as something as simple as that can snowball into um, something that can roll down a hill out of control and destroy everything in its path really, really fucking fast. Um, you know, and, and I was reminded of this. When I was thinking about this part of acceptance resistance, I looked back onto page 84 of the big book, which is really came to be one of my favorite paragraphs in the big book. And here's what it says. It says, we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. And I, I put that in bold at the end. We've entered the world of the spirit because the goal here is to be guided by our higher power. The goal is to be guided by something higher than us, the world of the spirit, God, whatever it is that's, that you might call it. I call it God. You know, God guides me, God, something higher than me, something that lives at the same time within me. Okay. Because I can feel it. I can feel that spirit. If I can get on a plane of separating that spirit between my human self, which is fucked up sometimes, my, my ways of thinking, my ways of acting, my ways of doing things, when I can get on that plane, that is the great awakening right there. That is the way that, in, in my own opinion and experience, God wants us to live. And that is when we're at ease with myself, when I'm at ease with myself, just as I am, is when I'm living in that spirit. Uh, it continues on and it says, our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. Really important line here. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. This is not an overnight, an overnight matter. It, can, it should continue for our lifetime. What does that say to you right there? Just think about that for, for two seconds or three seconds or five seconds. Let me read it again and you can think about it because it's really, really important, guys. Like, listen to this. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Let me tell you what it speaks to me. To me, what this says is whatever we're struggling with out there, whatever, if it's a substance, if it's a relationship, um, you know, it, whatever it is that we need to fix. And, and if I speak for myself, it, for me, it was alcohol, it was drugs. That was the face of it. That was, the, that was just the face of it. There wasn't anything, uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm sorry, there was so much more to it than that. So much more to it than that. And it wasn't going to be fixed overnight. It's not going to be fixed overnight. Even if I stop drinking, I'm five years in now and I'm not fixed. It's not an overnight matter. And it goes on to say it should continue for our lifetime. Well, that to me says that this concept of being or living in, in, a, in a world of the spirit, living through my higher power, that is a lifetime affair. It's a lifetime matter of trying to better ourselves and continue to live in that. It, it's not going to happen overnight and our lives aren't going to be fixed and everything's not going to be better just because we got sober or just because, um, you know, put any, put anything in there that you're struggling with right now. You know, it's not going to, it's not going to happen like that. We got to put the work in, uh, and we have to practice it day in and, and day out. It really needs to become a lifestyle. 
you know, and it should continue on for a life, a lifetime as, as it says here. And then it goes on to say, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God to remove them or we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Let me read that one more time. It's really important too. And this is the last part of this page 84. Uh, I leave this open. Um, I, I know I've mentioned this before. This part of the book is open on my workbench in the garage. I got to walk out there multiple times a day. It's always right there so I can take a peek at it if I if I any of these pop up because they do like a boner in sweatpants shit pops up sometimes right continue to watch for selfishness dishonesty resentment and fear these are common things that happen throughout our day I know they happen throughout my day when they crop up we ask God at once to remove them man God like let me give you an example man Dan, I'm feeling really fearful right now that I might lose my job Okay, I'm feeling real fit. Well, let, let me let me think about this for a minute. Man, God, can you just help me really fast here? I, I only have a minute before I got to get back in, but man, I'm really fearing, fearing fearful about this, God. Just help me. Help me get through this. I know that you got this. I know it's out of my control. I can't, I can't worry about, I can't think about, I can't control if I was to lose this job that I have today. So I'm just going to go on and do the best job that I can do because I know you got me, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Ending with some gratitude right there. And then we discuss it with someone immediately and we make amends if we've harmed anybody. So maybe I got to call somebody. Hey, I don't, I don't really need a, a pep talk right now. I just got a minute, but I just wanted to let you know I was feeling some fear. You can do this in a text too. Feeling some fear about losing my job. Thanks, man. I mean, simple as that. Getting that shit out. You know, and then the last part, then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. So how can I help somebody? How can I help somebody today? Can I, um, you know, even as far as um, uh, holding the door for somebody, you know, I know that's a kind of a lame example there, but I mean, it is, you're, you're helping them go in or helping somebody push their car. Maybe you've seen someone broke down on the side of the road. Uh, maybe you need to call someone and encourage them. Maybe you have someone you need to make amends to, you know, may, maybe you need to call and apologize. You know, those are the things when we're turning our thoughts to someone else, what does that do? It gets us out of our own head. And we do that through service. We do that through service. Um, you know, things really started to change for me when I started grasping that concept. Like, wait a minute, it's not all about me all the time. Because I can still fall into that shit. Like, oh man, me, me, me. It's natural. It's normal. I'm realizing it's assholeish too. But it's, you know, it happens. And so just recognizing it is a big thing. And then when we can get out of our own head and, and turn to someone else and help them, it's huge. Uh, and then last, love and tolerance of others is our code. Love and tolerance is our, of others is our code. And that's really, you know, Jess and I have had a lot of good conversations about this. Like we're, we're not here to save the world. I'm not here to save anybody. I can't save anybody. It's not my job. My job is to love people like straight up, try my best to just love on people, not judge them, not uh, try to fix them. Um, and it's hard sometimes, especially if you're dealing with people that that are difficult and that you know, um, you, or maybe you don't know, but maybe you have an idea of what they should do. You have some resources, you have some things that they could try and they're not willing to do that. 
that's tough, you know, but it's not our job. Our job is to love them. And then the tolerance thing, the tolerance thing is really tough. And I was reminded of a story and I know for a fact I've shared this on the podcast before, but it's been a while and I wanted to share it again because I think it's hilarious. We talk about tolerance and patience and this story comes from James Cantor. James was my counselor and I believe he was Seth's counselor as well, which is kind of ironic because we were in treatment at different times. Um, but James was awesome, man. He long, long hair. Uh, he's probably in his fifties at the time, maybe, maybe early, early sixties. Dope ass guitar player. Um, played some great jams, had a lot of experience in recovery. I think he was like 17 or 18 years sober. Um, and just a really, really great dude. And he had some good stories. And one of them was, he was at a meeting one time and, uh, and he was sitting there and it was him and his sponsor. And sometimes there's people who only come to meetings to get their chip, right? So they get their yearly chip. That's probably the only time you're going to see them that whole year. And I don't know, according to him, this is frowned on in that in that community, right? Which makes sense to me too, but I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. Um, so this guy comes up to get his chip and he starts giving this speech about, you know, this and that. And, and everyone in the room knows it's bullshit, right? Including James. Everybody knows it's bullshit. This dude's talking out of his ass. He's not telling the truth. He's only there to get this chip and to celebrate himself. It's all about him. And James says, fuck this. And he gets up and he starts to walk out. I'm not listening. They starts to get pissed off and his sponsor grabs him, yanks him down and says, sit the fuck down. You're going to sit here and you're going to practice your patience. <laughs> and I've always loved that story. And I have used that story as a tool so many times. In fact, we just did it at, uh, at, at some, what, where were we at? We were somewhere recently and we were starting to get annoyed with the person who was talking and we were being assholes straight up too. I got to say, and that story clicked into my head and I went, wait a minute, I might not agree with what this person's saying and I might not agree with how they're saying it. Um, who knows what I don't agree with? Who cares? Cause it's not about me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit here. And this is a good example of looking for opportunities in shitty situations or situations that you don't agree with or, uh, that you don't think are correct or whatever it is. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to practice my patience and that switch, that tool to be able to do that. It here's what it does. It's a beautiful thing. It makes me at ease with myself just as I am right there in that moment. I've let my ego down. I've let my pride down. I've let my ability to want to be right down. You know, well, this person doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're stupid. Cause I, I go there sometimes man. I can be a real shithead sometimes. Fuck this one. And you know what? I got to say, there's times when it's true. There's some shitty people out there too, but a lot of the time it's me being an asshole, you know? And so if I can step back from that and let all that shit go, what, cause what does that do? It creates uneasiness with me. And then I have the tendency to blame other people. Oh, this person did that. They, they, they're fucking wrong. It's not them. It's me. It's not them. It's me. It's me creating that shit whether it's ego, pride, fear, whatever the hell it is, just like it says on page 84, it's, 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 uh, popping up in those situations. How do I recognize that? I have to recognize that. And when I can do that and I can practice, I can be at ease with myself 
just as I am. And it's a really, really beautiful thing. Um, so I mentioned the gym thing real quick, and I want to share this story. Then we're going to read a couple of, of, of emails from you guys that you wrote in, and I appreciate that. And then we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, I was at the gym earlier this week, and I have some mobility issues with my shoulder, right? Um, I had surgery on it back when I was in my early 20s. I played baseball growing up, and uh, you know I tore some um, underneath my rotator cuff, some some ligaments, um, tendons. I don't know exactly the the exact terminology of what it is, but it fucking hurt. I know that. That's one thing I do know. And after I had the surgery, I I didn't uh, you know as irresponsible Shane used to be. Uh, I didn't do the correct rehabilitation. You know, I, I didn't take care of it like I should have. I didn't build it back up. And so today, 37-year-old Shane has some really bad mobility issues with my shoulder. I, it, it flares up. In fact, last time about this year, about this time, uh, last year, I had to get a cortisone shot before we went to San Diego because I was in so much pain. Like I, I it was affecting my sleep, all that good shit, blah, blah, blah. It fucking hurts straight up, okay? It, it, it flares up now and again. Um, it's been okay as of lately, but mobility wise, it's really, really hard to go back over my head and like put my, put both arms up doing presses, that kind of stuff. And so we're doing this workout this week. Uh, and we're doing, um, we're doing some, uh, overhead presses. And, uh, I think there was a, a squat press, you know, that I've, I've never done before anyways, I've never done a squat press before. That's some gnarly shit. And it takes a lot of technique and practice. Um, and even so I really can't even practice the technique because I literally can't get my arm up that high and, and get it back over my head. Every time I go into the squat, my arms want to come forward and it's really uncomfortable. It hurts and it just doesn't feel right. And I, you know, I haven't practiced that ever. And so what happened was I started to get down on myself. I went back to those old, those old ways of Shane, you know, back in the day, when I all those those thoughts started coming in, I was the only one in the class who you know who couldn't do it, and it, it was kind of embarrassing. Number one, at least to me, no one else probably gave two shits. But in my own head, I'm up there going, "Oh, they probably think I'm a piece of shit and a pussy, and like I can't I can't work out properly." And um, or or either that or the other one was they think I'm just a half asser. You know, I'm worried about what all they think, right? And nobody cares. About most of the time, nobody gives two shits. And if they do, what other people think of me is none of my business anyways. I forgot that in the moment. You know, I was so concerned about I can't do this. I started getting real down. You know, I was not at ease with myself not being able to do this particular exercise. That's for sure. So the uh, the class ended. I, you know, I got a good little workout in at the end on some other stuff that I could do but I was still kind of bummed and I started having those thoughts. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm too old. I'm not, I'm out of shape. I'm not good enough. This is too hard. All that kind of crap. So I walked out, walked down to the bathroom, you know, and, uh, splash some water on my face, use the, use the bathroom. I was walking back out to, uh, uh, to get my stuff, to get ready to go. And boom, it hit me. There was that switch again. And where does this come from? How does the switch click in? It clicks in from practice, pre- exercising mentally, doing the work, going to meetings, working with my sponsor, doing the podcast, reading, um, all this stuff, these, you know, these little memories like the James Cantor story, practicing my patience, all those things that I've practiced over, you know, the last five years 
helped me to get out of that moment, which I never would have been able to do before. And as I walked back, that light bulb went off and said, what's the opportunity in this, Shane? What is the opportunity in, in you not being able to do this? And you might say, well, what the, how, how can there be an opportunity in not being able to do something? Uh, that's what I would have said, you know, five, six years ago. There's no fucking opportunity in that. I can't do it. So I'm not going to do it anymore, you know, or whatever. Or said, that's stupid anyways. Why the hell would you want to do that? You can just get hurt. It's dumb. You know, that's the kind of negative attitude. But no, I don't have that attitude. So as I'm walking back, I go, man, what is the opportunity in this? And I said, well, the opportunity is I need to practice. Like I need to strengthen my shoulder before I can just jump in and do overhead squats, right? Like I have to put the work in day in and day out and I have to be patient. It goes back to what I was saying earlier about patience about time, about accepting where I'm at right now in this moment. And where I'm at is that my, my shoulder, um, has a huge mobility issue and I can't do what my mind thinks I should be able to do or what my mind wants to be able to do. I can't do it. And I have to stretch it. You know, I have to stretch my muscles out. I have to work on my shoulder, um, in particularly to get the mobility back. So that way I can then learn the technique and learn how to do an overhead squat. If it ever gets to that, I don't know, but I I can't, I'm not going to know. I'm never going to be able to do one if I don't take the steps necessary to actually go through that process and get it, get the shoulder uh, healthy enough to where I can move it in the positions that it needs to be in. It's really the same thing with sobriety. I need to put the work in um, before I can live and be spiritually fit each day. I have to do the work day in and day out and make it a lifestyle if I really want to continue, not just to stay sober, but to live a life that is in the spirit, that is um, practicing all the you know principles in all my affairs every day. You know, that's, that's saying a lot more than just saying like, oh, I'm just going to stay sober today. You know, and so getting down on myself because of that, you know, back to the, the, uh, you know, overhead squat thing, that's not going to do me any good. That's just going to kick me down and lead me back to being a fat ass and not wanting to work out anymore. Right. Or if we're put on a recovery tip, beating ourselves up is going to put us back down to drinking again. You know, we have to accept where we're at. I have to accept the fact that I can't move my shoulder that way, but now I got to start putting the work in yoga, stretching, uh, doing the things that I need to do in order to build that shoulder back up so I can do those things. You know, and the other thing I wanted to point out real quick too, is that we talk about community a lot on the show, right? We talk about being around people that build you up and, 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 uh, you know, our gym and, uh, there's some, we, we, Jess and I just talked about it yesterday, how great it is to be around people that build you up. You know, that say it's cool, man. Don't, and see, and it goes back to me being a dumbass thinking everyone's looking at me and judging me. Nobody cares. You know, especially when you're around good people, they want to build you up, you know? And so there's ropes in our gym and, uh, we were walking past and, and, and there's a girl, Megan at our gym. She's actually pregnant and she freaking kicks ass at CrossFit, right? Just killing it. And, uh, you know, we see her there every time we're there. She's always getting a, a hard ass workout on. Um, and we we started talking about climbing the rope. I've never climbed a rope before. And she goes, you can do that. You can do that. And this is right after I just had worked shoulders again, you know, I think yesterday. So I was feeling a little bit the same, like, God, man, but I at least was feeling better than, than the first day with the overhead squats. Like I was stretching, I was kind of doing what I needed to do, but she goes, you can do that. 
And I went just for a second, just that little bit of encouragement. I went, you know what? Shit. Yeah, I can do that. She goes, let's go do it right now. And I was like, all right, this is after we worked out, you know? And so, you know, Jess was over there and a couple of the other girls and stuff. So we kind of gathered around the rope and started talking about it a little bit and like looking at technique and uh, man, I climbed that thing a couple times, you know? And so that, that kind of stuff is so great right there just to, um, just to have people around you. So I wanted to say thanks to Megan and uh, thanks to everyone else who's, you know, hanging out there, supporting each other, building each other up. That's what we need in, in recovery too. We need that. We need meetings. We need groups. We need um, mentors, sponsors, friends. Like we need to surround ourselves with people who build us up and encourage us. All right. Boom. Hope that wasn't too preachy. Wasn't trying to be if it was. Just sharing some experience, some strength, some hope. I love doing this shit. And I thank you guys for tuning in. Let's get to a couple listener emails and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, so this first one comes from Benny. Uh, Benny's a NorCal dude, man. So it's cool to connect with him. Uh, he says, uh, yo, Shane, I got to start off by saying I'm truly grateful for the truth you spill on us. My name's Benny. I just found your podcast out of nowhere. God's plan. And I can't stop listening. Not sure if you ever read this, but your story is mine and mine is yours. And everyone in the TSG fam is grateful for the truth. Keep up the great work. Uh, dude, I appreciate the hell, hell out of that, Benny. Uh, we talked a couple times, so thank you. Cool to see some roots up in Humboldt. Uh, in um, uh, Northern California too. Uh, you also mentioned on here real quick, how to find a sponsor. Um, I don't have the episodes right in front of me right now, but I've done a couple episodes with, uh, with my sponsor, Buddy. So you can go back and look for the episodes with Buddy C. And I know we talked about that a little bit on, on each of those about how we kind of came in contact and also how I had a couple sponsors before, you know, before I had Buddy. And, um, they were good dudes. It just, it didn't work for me at the time. And, and I probably was, um, a big part of that. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect is all as I would say too. you know, it's really about count accountability and about working the steps and have someone to reach out to. Uh, so go back, find those episodes, man. Um, you know, hopefully that give you some insight into there and, uh, just remember it, it doesn't have to be about finding the perfect sponsor right at first. It's just about having somebody to help start getting you through that process. A lot of the times our sponsor finds us, um, you know, and that's, that's really when you know it's, uh, it's meant to be, uh, the next one comes from, I think it's, uh, it's either Ann. um, I'm just going to say, Ann. uh, it's, it's a N N E K E. Um, so I don't know if it's uh, the full name or what, but I'm just going to say Anne. So please excuse me. But um, uh, Anne says, I've been listening to your podcast a lot lately. I just wanted to send some good vibes your way. Uh, the time and energy you and Jess put into this endeavor is very much appreciated. As someone trying to stay sober and feeling isolated at times, your show has provided some comfort. Not a small thing. Thanks, guys. A.H. in New York. So much love from Cali to New York. Man, I love hearing that across the map. We're, uh, we're, uh, you know, reaching out, connecting, um, and thank you. Thanks for the feedback, man. That, that this kind of stuff really does help keep us going. Cause this stuff's a lot of work sometimes and it, I enjoy it. I'm not complaining one bit. Um, and it helps keep my ass sober. That's for, you know, that's for sure. So that's definitely a huge thing too. Um, this last one comes from Keith. Keith says, I'm a big fan of your podcast. It's on my weekly must, uh, hi. Oh, I didn't read that part higher than this American life, bro. That's a awesome, bro. That's a huge show. I appreciate that. Keith says I'm clean over a year and a half and my addiction costs me everything, my marriage, my job, etc. I'm blessed to have four young kids that will never see me using. Uh, thanks for keeping it real, Keith. Man, so look at that part right there. 
Keith lost everything, marriage, his job, everything, right? And at this, at the end, he still ends it with a, with a piece of gratitude. But I'm blessed to have four young kids that will never see me using. So back to what I was saying earlier. How do we find the opportunity in things? How do we find... Um, how do we find the good in things? How can we find things uh, to show gratitude for? That's what keeps us on that higher power plane uh, that helps keep us going with the flow. So Keith, thanks, man. I appreciate you uh, sharing that. Uh, thanks to everyone who always writes in. I, I can't read everything all the time and I do miss some of them uh, sometimes, but I do my best to keep up and I appreciate you guys. Thank you. I wanted to end with a quote here. Uh, one more out of uh, Ecclesiastes and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, Here's what it says. It says, I have learned why people work so hard to succeed. It's because they envy the things their neighbors have, but it's useless. It's like a chasing of the wind. It is better to only have a little with peace of mind than be busy all the time with both hands trying to catch the wind. Thought that was a great quote. Uh, man, being easy at myself, just where I am right now in this moment, it takes practice. It takes work for sure. I'm going to continue to do it. I hope you continue to keep practicing and doing it too. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in today. Check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Once again, connect with us on Instagram at real that sober guy and at Shane Raymer on Twitter. Peace, love, and respect. Thanks to our sponsors again too, Foundations Recovery Network and Humans Music. And keep your blood clean.